Hey, this is Jamie from Stillmeyer Games, and today I'm going to talk about my top 10 favorite medium weight games, or heavier, um, that play well at five or more players. This is a tough player count to design around. Most games, or many games, are played from like two to four players. That's like the standard player count you see in a lot of games. But there are games that play at five or more players and play well at this player count. In the future, I'm gonna do a video about lighter games. And uh, the dividing line between a lighter game and a heavier game is really, uh, it's a gray area. And so you might definitely disagree with some of the games that I'm calling medium weight or that I might later in the future call lightweight. Um, but this is where I drew the line. I asked ambassadors this question to my ambassadors, and here's what they said, just a quick run through of their list of medium weight games that play well at five or higher player counts, five or more players. And also just to emphasize the focus of today's list is why these games work at these higher player counts. Ambassador picks were Scythe, Tapestry, Viticulture, Wingspan, Architects of the West Kingdom, Battlestar Galactica, Blood Rage, Caverna, Concordia, Eclipse, First Descent, Forbidden Desert, Gugong, Libertalia, Lords of Waterdeep, Obsession, Orleans, Nemesis, Poker, P uh, Power Grid, Red Rising, Rising Sun, Sidereal Confluence, Smartphone Inc., Summit, Terra Mystica, Tokaido, or Namiji, Trade on the Tigris. Um, as I'm saying this, I'm wondering if Namiji actually has five players, but at least Tokaido definitely is. Uh, Trade on the Tigris, Space Base, Ticket to Ride, Terra Mystica, Terraforming Mars, Twilight Imperium, and Tiny Towns. Uh, one core philosophy of Stillmeyer Games is that all of our games must play up to at least five players and then down to one or two players. And so uh, I have left Stillmeyer Games off this list, but I wanted to list the games that would be eligible for it, games that I consider medium weight-ish, maybe between, maybe medium light, maybe a little medium heavy, but right in that medium range that, uh, that, that thrive at, at higher player counts. Uh, between two castles, Charterstone, Euphoria, Libertalia, My Little Scythe, Pendulum, Red Rising, Scythe, Tapestry, Viticulture, and Wingspan. I designed all the or all the games that, that I designed or that I developed on this list. Uh, there's a mix of them. Um, the intent definitely was to make them fun and playable and functional at all of those player counts, especially those higher player counts. So let's jump into the top 10 list. The original Castles of Madkin Ludwig did not play up to five players, but the new Collector's Edition does. And so I got to put one of my favorite games on this list. Um, I think this game works really, really well at five players because of the I price you choose mechanism. One player at any given time is the master builder, and that player has, is pricing the tiles. At that point in time, other players aren't really doing much other than maybe talking with each other, maybe thinking about what they want to do next. But then the, the buying begins, and you go around the table, and each player can, if they want to, buy a tile, and they pay the master builder for it. And... Uh, the game just scales up really well to this phase of the game where you're you're buying these tiles and then choosing where to place them on your in your in your crazy castle that you're building. Um, so it, it's not it's not simultaneous play at that point, but it's very fast, and that's a common theme that you'll see in this list. Either in these play in these types of games, your turns are very fast, or they're simultaneous play, and the placement of the tile in your castle is often almost simultaneous in this game. You probably do need to wait for the, the previous player to do it, but uh, oftentimes their placement won't affect what you were doing, and so you can go ahead and make your decision if it's your turn to buy something from the tableau. So I think that works really well for keeping the game moving along in Castles of Madkin Ludwig. So yeah, nice that the Collector's Edition plays up to five players. 
At number nine is a game that scales up to like 99 players if you wanted to, and that is Cartographers. Cartographers is a flip and write game where you are uh, trying to complete a number of goals over the course of the game. Those goals are paired over the uh, for each round of the game, and you are drawing, you're creating your own little map of, uh, of cards. You're using cards to, to build your own map of different landscapes within your kingdom. So you are mapping the kingdom in a very different way than other players are mapping the kingdom, but it's all simultaneous. This is the reason that it scales up so well. Everything in, in this game is simultaneous. You flip a card and all players are deciding at the same time uh, what they're gonna draw on, the, on their map. So the simultaneous nature of Cartographers helps it scale up really, really well. And yet, even though it's a tiny box, it's a, it's a, a great affordable game, it's, um, it feels substantial. Like you've you've built something substantial by the end of the game. That's why I put it in the medium weight category. I don't consider this a light game. Uh, there are there are meaty, juicy decisions to make throughout the game, and uh, yeah, I, I consider this a nice a nice medium weight game, a, a lighter medium weight game, but still a medium weight game in my opinion. And number eight, kind of on that spectrum of medium to light games with still a really satisfying experience is Fantastic Factories. This game isn't entirely simultaneous, but a lot of it is. Um, each round, you uh, the non-simultaneous part is that each round there there are a few face-up cards in the tableau, and each player gets a chance to buy one of those cards or gain one of those cards, even if they don't have to pay for it. And then simultaneously, all players roll their dice and use those dice on all of their cards, or as many cards as they want, and on their default player mat if they just want to use the default abilities there. And that the simultaneous nature of that helps it scale up really, really well to four or five players. Um, and cleverly, at that phase of the game where you are doing simultaneous things, the face-up cards in that tableau that you're picking from, or in the market that you're, that you're picking from non-simultaneously, those are not available anymore. There are plenty of ways to gain cards at the, in the simultaneous phase, but you must draw from the top of the deck when you do. So I thought that was a clever shift in the game, or kind of a clever duality, that at certain points of the game, those face-up cards matter. Um, adds a nice little interaction there, a little bit of op open information, but... Uh, at the time where it really matters to keep the game moving along and to prevent the, the need for a weird tiebreaker system, if someone two players grab the same card at the same time, they just say, you know, those cards aren't in. You don't you don't do anything with those cards right now. You are drawing from the top of the deck instead. I think that's really clever in Fantastic Factories. It's my number eight favorite game, medium weight game that you play. You can play at higher player counts. Number seven is a classic game for me. This is Isle of Sky. Uh, this is a, a bit of an I cut you choose game again. Um, I pricing your I price you choose game where you are gaining tiles and putting them in your in your little kingdom. And there are two elements of the game that are simultaneous. One is the pricing. You all you all have uh, a few tiles that you draw. You, you draw three random tiles, and behind your a screen, you kind of divide those tiles by a screen. You place. Uh, things typically money. You're placing some money associated with each of those tiles, and one axe because you're actually secretly getting rid of one of those tiles too. You do that simultaneously, and all players then reveal. Then there's the non-simultaneous part of the game where, where each player goes around and does one simple thing. They will buy a tile from another player, and then any leftover tiles that you have, you have to pay the price that you put for them. So if I price a tile at ten dollars, I have to pay ten dollars to keep that tile. Um, and then the game switches back to the simultaneous portion, which is placing that tile in your kingdom. So deciding where in your in your aisle that you want to actually place that tile. So most of the game is simultaneous. I think that's why it flows so well. It keeps on moving along, the pricing, the tile placement. And then the portion of the game that isn't simultaneous is very quick. It's a, it's a little quick thing that you are doing. Um, it's, a, it's, it's an important decision which tile that you buy, but um, 
but it doesn't take that long to figure out. So that's why I think this game, I Love Sky, scales up so well at higher player counts. It's my number seven game on this list. The next game is the only campaign game on this list, and that is The King's Dilemma. This is one of my favorite campaign or legacy games that I've ever played, and really one of the few legacy games that plays at player counts higher than four. I look through my list of legacy games and campaign games, and most of them stop at four players. I have Charterstone, or we have Charterstone at some of our games. That plays up to six. But The King's Dilemma, I think, thrives at higher player counts because it is a game where you are debating uh, how to lead the kingdom or what to do for this kingdom. Uh, so you are you are kind of advising the king, your advisors to the king. Uh, but you each have your own things that you want to happen in the kingdom. And so it, a turn of the game is basically a decision that players need to make together. And so having higher players, player counts, and in particular having an odd number of players, I think works really well here. It is fine at four, four players. I imagine it would be fine, but we played it the full five players and had a blast with it. Having that many people involved in the, in the discussion um, and always knowing that we were going to have an odd number of, uh, of people weighing in to any decision point, I think that, that made the game really, really fun. Uh, those discussions about those, those topics and, and whether or not you, you had a mechanical reason for voting a certain way or if you had uh, a, another reason, an intrinsic motivated reason for selecting um, one of the options or voting a certain way, I thought worked really well, especially when there were a lot of other people at the table chiming in. So The King's Dilemma, my number six favorite game to play at uh, five, uh, five players. It doesn't go higher than five, but plays up to five. Um, and I am really looking forward to The Queen's Dilemma, which might actually play up to six. I could see that working as well. And number five, talking about quick and short and easy turns that do still impact other players, Architects of the West Kingdom, I think, does this so well. This is a wonderful worker placement game where you are placing a worker on the board, and often, based on the other workers that you have there, you are gaining an extra bonus if you already have workers there. Uh, but your turns are super fast. All you're doing on your turn is placing a worker, and then you're done. There are certain times in the game where you are... kind of retrieving... not really retrieving workers, but kind of uh, arresting workers on the board. But uh, but on any given turn, you are simply placing a worker, getting the benefit, and moving on. Turns are super short and sweet and simple. And I think that's why uh, Architects of the West Kingdom plays so well at the higher player counts. The rest of the games on this list I don't own. Um, so I'll talk about Space Base. Space Base is another simultaneous game where one player will roll two dice, and all players get to use those dice to activate different cards in their tableau. Uh, I think this works Super well. It's simultaneous, so all players are involved in every single turn. You do get to feel special when you're the one rolling dice and when you get to gain uh, benefits that are unique to it being your turn. Also, on your turn, you are only ever buying one card. And so instead of a, a turn uh, being elongated a little bit, a prolonged by a player, uh, you know, tying together multiple things on their turn, going after multiple cards, even when it's your turn, it's very short and simple. You're just buying one card. You're activating your, your cards and then buying one card. So I think the simultaneous nature of Space Base makes this game work really, really well at, uh, at higher player counts. Uh, Lords of Waterdeep. Lords of Waterdeep is a game that scales up to five, I think six with one of the expansions. And it's another game where what you're doing in your turn is really simple. You are putting a worker on the board and taking the action. Um, and that's it. That's, that's your turn. Even the rounds flow quickly in Lords of Waterdeep because you don't have a lot of workers. You start out with, I believe, two, maybe three, depending on the player count. And midway through the game, you get another worker. But players don't have a, all that many workers to place on the board in the first place. Um, and I think Lords of Waterdeep scales up really well because over the course of the game, you're adding new actions to the board. So the game starts out really tight. So even if you're playing it with five players, that's going to be really, really tight early in the game, the number of actions available. 
But as the game advances, as it progresses, more players are constructing buildings that become actions for any players to use. So the game is growing with you and um, kind of thriving as a result at higher player counts. I also just love the game. I'm uh, kind of itching to play it now that I put it on this list. Lords of Waterdeep at number three. And number two is an auction game, Ra. Uh, this is a game that isn't simultaneous, but again, turns are so short and simple. On most turns in Ra, you are drawing a tile from the bag, putting it on the board, and uh, and that's that's it. That's that's like most turns in Ra. Not even really a decision point. Um, but at certain times in Ra, you were deciding to call an auction or a tile will come out that says you must do an auction right now. And that's when each player gets a chance to bid once. Another crucial element of this, each player only gets one chance to bid. And so the game could go, like if you had multiple chances to bid, it could go way around the table many, many times. It could take forever if you're having multiple players make that decision point. But because you only get one chance to bid, and I believe that's also the case with the King's, the King's Dilemma, one chance to vote, I think that helps the game keep moving along even during an auction when all players need to make a pretty important decision. Uh, I also just really enjoy Raw. I think it's a great, uh, great auction game, and I think it thrives at higher player counts um, for the reasons that I mentioned and because it just it's a little bit more interesting to play Rod higher player counts than just playing it at, at, at two or three players. I would gladly, gladly play Rod for five players at any time. Number one on the list is a game that I haven't played in a little while, but as I was thinking about it, I think this game just works really well at higher player counts and it's just a really satisfying engine building game and that is Orleans. Orleans is uh, a game that is largely simultaneous, although there is the non-simultaneous part of the game. You are drawing tokens from a bag and then choosing where to put those tokens. They're kind of acting as workers, but pr on private action spaces on your player mat. And those workers are typically getting you another worker. Um, and depending on the worker that you get, you also get an additional bonus. So not only are you improving your bag by getting another worker, but you're also getting a special bonus associated with that type of worker right away. These dual benefits feel really good. But I love that uh, the placement of the tokens on your mat is simultaneous. All players are doing it at the same time. That's the core puzzle of the game, and it's happening simultaneously with other players. But I also like that the game kind of pauses after that and says, okay, now you're going to do a few things in turn order because it's fun to see at that point in the game what other players are doing, the, what, what they're building up, what they're going after. And that might impact you because there are tracks that you're advancing on for each of those different actions. If I get a blue worker, I advance on, actually, I'm not sure if the blue worker has a track, but many of the actions have a track that you're moving forward on. And uh, this is where you kind of want to see what other players are doing. If, if they're pushing forward to a track, ahead of you, you might consider focusing on other, other things instead. So the game gives you a chance to, to really focus on what other players are doing. There's also some stuff with a map that happens here. There's actually a lot of stuff that happens with a, with a, with a map in the game, and that is not simultaneous either. But uh, I like the game has this balance of simultaneous versus, uh, versus non-simultaneous play, and that helps it really thrive with these higher player counts, especially the simultaneous portion. Um, yeah, yeah. I talked about this rather quickly, but yeah, the, these are these are games that I really, really love. Kind of meteor games, medium weight games that are very satisfying to play that I think thrive with these higher player counts. I'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments below. Lots of ideas from ambassadors. Um, and if you have any other suggestions for games that you think thrive at higher player counts, medium weight games in particular that thrive at higher player counts and why they thrive at those higher player, player counts, let me know in the comments below. Um, you know, I thought about, as I'm thinking about this, I probably could have put Seven Wonders on this list, but I ended up putting that on the lighter games list, but that probably could have gone on this list, but uh, but you will hear about that one later. Um, and I had one other, oh, also, I did not include, not eligible for this list, were games that only reached the five-player count with expansion. So this is out of the box, any of these games you can buy out of the box, and they can play at five players. 
um, yeah, those are, those are the requirements for this list. Let me know your thoughts, your favorites in the comments below. Thanks.